Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth, as we sit down with Pastor Stephen and discuss his weekly sermons. We are honored and thankful that you are listening, and we would ask you, no matter what social media platform that you're on, that you would like, share, comment, rate um, this podcast, so that way we can make sure that we get it where we need to. Um, again, we're just thankful that you're able to listen. Also, if you have questions concerning anything in the sermon or anything that comes through the discussion, you can submit those questions to podcast at highlandpark.org. Again, we thank you that you are listening. Please like and share, and we will see you soon. Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome back to our weekly podcast again with Pastor Stephen. This week, we're looking at Romans chapter 6 verses 8 through 14, and it's titled The Confessions of a Strong Christian. And Pastor Stephen, you said, you know, pretty quickly that, hey, there are six truths to growing in our walk. You know, you said that we don't need to just stay where we are. We've got some things that we've got to do in our life that we've got to move forward in our walk with Christ. We've got to grow in our walk with Christ. We've got to grow spiritually. And the first one you said, and we if you listen to our last week podcast, we talked about this a little bit, but being dead to sin and self, um, sin is not necessary, but we got to move on. We got to keep moving in our walk, understanding that we're dead to sin and self. Do you want to add anything to that? Well, I, I would just like to say this. I think the unfortunate thing that we've seen um, uh, across the church as a whole is that there are a lot of people that are saved but they're still drinking milk. They're babies in yeah. Christ. They, they're, they're right there where they got in. Traditionally as churches, and, I, and I, I speak from the Baptist church because, I mean, that's what I've always been a part of. I can only assume this might go across denominational lines. Right. Is I know the church I grew up in, um, you know, when I, I got saved as a child and it was like, oh man, awesome. You are not going to hell. You're <laughs> going to go to heaven. Yeah. Now have a seat, you did it. <laughs> have a seat. We're going to move on to somebody else right. so that they can go to heaven. And, and it wasn't until 10 years later when I, within myself, just, you know, man, I want to, I want to, I want to grow closer to him. I want to, I want to know more about him. I want to, a lot of times folks will sit there and here's what they'll say. They'll, they'll come to us from another church and they'll say, well, the reason why I left that church and came here is because I just wasn't getting fed. And I know what they're saying, you know, to some degree, but uh, I do lovingly want to say this. Uh, If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the first person whose responsibility it is to make sure you're fed is you. Absolutely. You get in, get in the Bible, start digging through it yourself. But so, so people who just, I was having a conversation last night. I preached at a, at a church about an hour uh, east of us, and I was having a conversation with a, uh, a great woman of God, an unbelievable Bible teacher. And uh, as we were talking, we both, and she had not heard my sermon from, from this week, we were talking, and here's what she said, and we agreed that uh, people who are baby Christians who've not grown in their walk, they're stuck where they just got in, that whenever problems come or whenever uh, false doctrines being thrown at them or wherever it is, I mean, they're just being tossed to and fro. They're being blown here and about and everything because they're, you know, yeah, they're, they're saved, 
they're saved, but they've never taken serious that growth. It's amazing how Scripture speaks to our life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the first point that I made, I'm dead to sin and self. You're like, I heard that last week. We don't even need to listen to it. Skip over that. But it's basically me saying this. uh, In order for me to grow and to become mature in my faith— Uh, And to anchor down to the doctrinal truth of Scripture, of who Christ is and the salvation that I have, uh, what it's based in, um, I've got to come to the point where I say, no longer is this my life, it is his life. No longer does my existence, is it in being to uh, satisfy my fleshly desires. No, it's, it's his the life that I live belongs to Christ who saved me and gave himself for me. Uh, when, we, when we take that attitude, it'll revolutionize the way we approach everything in life. Because then there's no such thing as coincidence, happenstance. Right. Oh, wow, isn't this crazy that just so happened I'm at this store while they're at this store. Well, no, there's no happen. There's a life that belongs to Jesus, right? And you're there to make much of Him. It's it's that death to self, death right. to self. I don't know that we struggle with the dead to sin. Awesome man, I'm dead to sin. Oh yeah, by the way, you're dead too as an individual. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now you're saying that Jesus wants me to be a freak, right? Well, no, Jesus wants you to be dead. And then number two, you know, so the first one is we're dead to sin and self. The second one is we're alive in Christ saying that we got to live in Jesus. And you kind of talked about, um, you know, yeah, the devil tries to distract us, um, make us doubt, but we have Jesus. And we have a question um, from point number two. And the question is, why does God allow Satan to tempt us? So there you go, Pastor Stephen. Why does God allow Satan to tempt us? Yeah, so so the uh, when I was uh, in uh, working on my undergraduate uh, philosophy class that I was in, the final, the final uh, exam was this, right? 10 pages on why is there evil in the world? Yeah. Now, now I'd be like, oh man, I'd love to that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, as a 19, 20 year old, I'm like, are you kidding me? For real? Why is there evil in the world? Because why, why does God allow Satan to tempt us? I, can't, I don't. I don't know that there's a clear cut answer there. I, I I do know this, that even though God may allow Satan to tempt us, in which I believe clearly, you know, God could stop anything from happening in our life. God is God, and let me throw a little caveat out there uh, for those who may struggle with the intricacies of God. Ultimately, ultimately, when it is all said and done, you you have to say, I by faith will trust in him. I cannot figure him out. God's ways are mysterious to us. Uh, There are people who have gone mad trying to sit there and say, I just got to have this intellectual understanding of God. Okay, good luck, bro. (laughs) When you figure it out, let us know. Yeah, so, so I say all that to go back to this question. 
Uh, yeah, I don't believe there's anything that happens in our lives that has not been allowed or sifted through the very hands of God. Why would God allow Satan to tempt us? Well, I, I would say it, it is through that tempting that uh, we are refined, mm. uh, that we are made uh, into the image of Christ, that sanctification uh, that occurs and that 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 happens. Uh, the good news is, and again, that's just my opinion, there, there, there are, I mean, there's so many answers that people could give to why does that God allow that to happen? I'm going to focus on this. Even though he may allow Satan to tempt us, Satan has no control over the child of God, the one that is in Christ. I mean, he tells us there is no temptation that has seized you that you would say, I cannot overcome that um he has made a way of escape yeah and you say like temptation it's because we have jesus like simple clear truth we have jesus so we're alive in christ so point number one we're dead to sin self number two we're alive in christ number three i want i won't let sin control me anymore um and I, and I put a star by this one as we were kind of, as I was making the notes, like I won't let sin control me anymore. I think, and how would you address, you know, we are human. There are things that we're, that, that control us. There's things that we don't deal well with. There are things that, um, man, just, we have, we have trouble with. Um, so how would you, how would you help a believer or someone listening or somebody that is, in the middle of this, not letting sin control them anymore. I think a lot of times we want to sit there and we want to say the reason why this happened in my life is because I am controlled by this. Again, I remind you, uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can control you that would bring about sin. Nothing. Uh, You may struggle with some particular sin greater than other people struggle with that sin. I mean, there, there are, there are things that I talk to people about the addictions and, you know, uh, ways of life and various things along those lines to where, uh, I cannot fathom the the temptation that they are struggling with, but yet they may not be able to understand the temptation that I'm struggling with. I'd say the key word, struggling, controlling, the only, again, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The only control that any sin can have over you in your life is that which you give it, that you allow it. So God allows the temptation to come, but God's like, listen, I want you to know something. Even though I've let temptation, even though I've let the devil tempt you, right? Uh, you can never sit there and say, well, if I only had the ability to overcome this, I wouldn't have sinned. You do have the ability to overcome it. Are you always going to overcome it? Well, I think history proves, experience proves. No, no, it is a battle that rages. Uh, But uh, I think when we get in our mind, and it's so key for us to sit there and say, 
I can, through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, I can overcome this. And then, and then through, through the wisdom and family and accountability and all those things that God brings us helps in our life. Right. Man, we, we, we work through those things. Well, even in, in Psalm, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By obeying the word. And then the next couple of verses says, I'm, I'm going to hide your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. I think we, we I'm, I'm not going to say we discount scripture, but I think sometimes we don't fully grasp what scripture is and how it speaks the truth in our life. I think we read it because it's the verse of the day. And we're supposed to read our Bible at night, maybe before we go to bed, or we see it on our phone, or somebody posted on social media. But whenever, you know, we're we're hiding God's word in our heart. So that way I won't sin against him. Like I, I just think well, we don't need to discount Sure. Well and the, and Ryan, the answer to that question is to me kind of kind of go hand in hand with the fourth point that I made in this passage of scripture. Hey, I'm not going to let the very members or instruments of my body, uh, well, be a conduit of, of, of sin. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I got to guard my mind. Got to guard my eyes, right? What is it that I allow to come in through my eyes? And I, and I even quoted in there uh, the scripture that says, you know, the eyes are kind of the windows to our soul. What right. is it? What am I watching? What am I? You know, when I was a kid, I hate to say this. I, I just assume my parents do not listen to this podcast, but I, <laughs> you, you never know. If you're getting a lot of likes from West Tennessee, probably my family. But the, uh, I, you know, there there was a group of guys that I played football with. Uh, that's what we did every afternoon. We'd come over to school. We'd play. We'd play. We'd play. You know, I'm probably fifth grade, sixth grade, all this kind of stuff. New guy moves into the neighborhood. His name is Harry, and uh, which was a cool lady's name, Harry. And, and he uh, maybe maybe not so cool today, but he he moved into the neighborhood, and uh, you know he, he his parents didn't take him to church. He you know, he didn't know Christ, and so all the guys that I played with and everything, no problem. Well, you tackle old Harry hard, guess what? He starts cussing. And, uh, you know, man, Harry, Harry would use foul language. And uh, so we play football with old Harry for, uh, you know, uh, several months. And next thing you know, I get tackled, and guess what? Boom. No, not Pastor Steven. Right? I know. Right out of my mouth, what old Harry would say. Yeah. And so uh, I would just say we have to be careful. What is what is it yeah. that we consistently allow to come into our ears? I mean, my goodness, if you're listening to some of the some of the music that's out there today, it's horrible. And and you know, every other word is a well, it wouldn't make it through curse free TV. <laughs> Go back to last week's podcast. Then, then you ought to sit there and say, "Wow, man, th- this is not edifying." Are glorifying. It's not edifying yeah. me, not glorifying Christ. I'm going to quit listening to this. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that sits there and says, "You know what? You've got to listen to Christian music all the time." I'm not one of those guys. Hey, if you want to listen to Christian music all the time, then wear it out. But you know, I, I think that there are there's secular music that it's okay to listen to. But honestly, even then, anything, anything, what I watch, what I read. It's funny because my pastor growing up used to he would hammer the women because they were reading these uh, Harlequin uh, romance novels and Fabio on the cover and they would read it and it was almost Fabio. pornographic. 
Uh, now, I'll be honest, I've never read one, so I'm only going off of what my pastor said. <laughs> but And then he would sit there, there and go. he would say, your shows, your shows. Your shows. Man, he had let loose talking about your shows. And I'm like, my grandma watches shows, you know. My and, grandma called them programs, yeah, the TV no, programs. No, my grandma called, I got to watch my shows. And, uh, you know, I'm just saying, it could be anything yeah. that don't discount the Holy Spirit yeah. inside of you sitting there saying, boy, this is probably not good. Yeah. This is not good. And I would encourage you as well, if you're like, uh, I don't know, it might be good. Have somebody in your life that loves yeah. God and loves you yeah. where you say, hey, man, listen, I'm watching this. I'm listening to this. You know, I'm a little concerned. You think it's good for me? And and put stock in what they say. So, so he kind of says it right there. You know, how do I keep stuff from controlling me? Well, I'm going to be wise through the help of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, by not allowing those things into my body, into this flesh. And instead, I'm going to replace it with what? Things that are edifying, the Word of God, right? Uh, You know, if you're one of those people that struggles with listening to some music that is going to all of a sudden change the way you view relationships and the way you view people of the opposite sex and authority and all those things, then uh, guess what? Uh, maybe you are the kind of person that needs to be listening to Sandy right. Patty every single Sandy day Patty. for four hours driving down the road. Um, so you just got to be wise. The first song my ever my wife ever sang in public from a stage was a Sandy Patty song. I don't remember the name of the song, but I remember it being Sandy Patty. It's funny you mentioned her. So um, you know, Sandy Sandy was hip, hip back in the day with VCR tapes and anyway. So uh, I'm not going to allow. My body to be uh, instrument of sin kind of leads into uh, I sur- your your fifth point is I surrender all to God and that's a that that word all again I surrender everything in my life to God is a causes some tension I'm sure in people's lives and so one of the questions we have off of point number five and you could probably do a sermon series on this question but we're going to just ask you to keep it to a minimum for this podcast but what are the most common areas that people hold back from surrendering in their lives. So again, question, what are the most common areas that people hold back from surrendering in their lives? Well, naturally, impossible to answer that uh, within the parameters of how it's asked. Sorry. Uh, No, that's okay. I would say, uh, and you know, there used to be a day and time y'all, y'all would let me vet these questions. Um, And, uh, did y'all send it to me? We did. Okay, yes, sir. I just, I, I've gotten to where I don't read your text. <laughs> the um, the uh, here, here's what uh, I would say just just from just from my experience and you know talking and praying and counseling with folks and stuff. So much is relationship. Yeah, and especially especially with 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 uh, students, single, collegiate, whatever relationships and by that I mean involved in a relationship that man they're not they know is not a godly relationship and they know man this is not helping me in my Christian wall God's not getting glory here they're they're making compromises uh, and then they're trying to justify that I'll just stop and say this if you have to go to the concordance of your Bible and diligently search for a verse of scripture to justify what you're doing that is a good indication you should not be doing that yeah and uh, so much centered around relationships and maybe even the way, you know, maybe it's, uh, well, it's okay for me to respond to someone in this manner because of, or it's okay for 
me to uh, act this way towards someone because of in making these allowances to relationally respond in a way that would uh, that would not be pleasing. So uh, that is an area that is not surrendered. I would say as well, career choices. Yeah. It's like it's like we want a segment, right? Okay, hey, hey, hey Jesus, you got my Sunday. Well, I mean, you got my Sunday morning. I mean, well, I mean, Jesus, you got my you got that one hour on Sunday, right? You got that, Jesus, and uh, and then you know, but my job, I mean, that's my deal. Again, I go back to the very first point. <laughs> I am dead to sin, and don't forget self, right? Self, not my life. It's Jesus's life. I'm called to be a good steward of that. And so everywhere from who I'm going to marry, my mind's blown. You probably know this better than than I do because of the the area that you're in right now in your ministry. But uh, uh, folks, young young people that will approach relationships, uh, I call it missionary dating. Uh, no, I mean I'm I can not, change not, him. Yeah, I can change. I can them. change him. I can. It is a million times harder to lift someone up than it is to pull someone down. Right. And. Um, can it happen? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll hear a story about it every now and then, and the, and everybody gravitates to that story. Oh, my aunt over here, my uncle boy, he was just a hellion man. He was yeah. like seriously, he was beer jointing it, and he was <laughs> doing all this stuff. And she was going to church, and they met, and she prayed for him, and said, "I'm not going to date you unless you come to church with me." And he started coming to church with her. I mean, he went to the beer joint on Saturday night, but he would come to church with her on Sunday. And then, you know, it took three years, but man, he gloriously got saved. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. That's one out of a million. Yeah. <laughs> it is too risky. It is too risky. And and can can somebody be changed? 100%. Approach it as I'm going to change them as a friend. Yeah. Um there's so many people right now that are their 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 family life I mean it's just broken. Yeah. Because they have a spouse that does not know Christ. And it's that constant turmoil, constant yeah. turmoil. Uh, so relationally, it, and, and there's a point that I made, and I know we've got to hurry up because we didn't, I guess we didn't pay our podcast bill last week. The, uh, um, no, no, the, um, there's a point that I made, and this, this is a sobering question, uh, or maybe not a question, a sobering statement. Either he's Lord of all mm. or he's not Lord at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would add, wow. I would add to those things that we have a hard time holding back from surrendering our, in our lives. It'd be the, the time and the schedules. Like we always have, and just with the people that I deal with and minister to, and sometimes even my own life, you know, schedules dictate pretty much everything that we do. We got to make sure everything's done on time. We got to make sure stuff's taken to the right place kids are taken to the right place and we allow the time and the schedule to uh, get in the way of you know this surrendering all yeah exactly Uh, there are three couples quickly there are three couples that my wife and i disciple and we were meeting the other night and there was a uh, a young lady in there who sat there and said um hey uh, this last two weeks have been very, very difficult, and I I realize that I have been I have been making excuses mm. because they have they have 
the reading amount that they have to do, unbelievable. Uh, the scripture they have to read. They will read every verse in the scripture before this uh, process is over, uh, roughly around 12 to 15 months. And so here's what she said. She said, I was sitting there getting at the end of the day and I was thinking, man, I just don't have time. My life's so busy. I got a job. I got kids, got a husband. I Man, I'm tired. I don't have time to read three chapters of Leviticus tonight. Right. And, and that's, that's where they were. I don't have time to do that. And then she said, but then I would notice I had time to watch that television show for right. an hour. Right. Uh, I had time just to text on the phone with my friends. And, and of course, this is a mom. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, your life's a lot busier than mine. Yeah. Um, but again, just that, just that priority, that lordship thing. You know what? This is his life. And it would be better served. Well, and I, I, I automatically think of the idea of discipline, you know, having discipline in our life to, to study the word, having discipline in our life to, uh, do those spiritual things that we need to, because of, according to the way scripture speaks. And, um, I, I ran across a quote a couple weeks ago and it's one of those quotes that kind of stuck in my head. And I know every time I say a quote, you say it's from, who's that guy? The Dave Ramsey quote. It's not a Dave Ramsey quote. All right. This is discipline defeats laziness and excuses. So when we have discipline in our life to look at scripture, study scripture, know who God is, to do these things that we're trying to uh, grow in our Christian walk, discipline defeats the laziness and excuses. That that was a direct quote from Coach Derryberry, seventh grade football coach <laughs> at Alcorn Central High School. Our middle school. Yes. That's exactly who that was. Stole it from. I saw it on a VHS. Somewhere. Hey, but but listen, you said a word. You said a word that is not received in today's culture. Discipline. Right. Discipline. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Discipline means that it's not. It's not my way. Right. Discipline is 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 a surrender, right? Correct. Discipline is a. I'm going to set aside. The, the the yearnings of the flesh and I'm gonna I'm gonna be true to what I know would be beneficial. Listen, beneficial not just for me, beneficial for everyone else. Yeah. Some would argue discipline would it say beneficial for everyone else. Oh, and then by the way, if it's beneficial, it'll also be beneficial for me, but I'm not worried about me because I'm looking at the greater good. So we said here being disciplined in Christ well, I mean, why am I here? I'm here to bring glory to him. I'm here to edify the church. I'm going to be disciplined because I want the church to be edified. That's right. I want the church to be stronger. I want the church to be encouraged. Yeah. I, I want to because yeah. I am disciplined. Usually the folks that want they want the church to be something, uh, edified is not it. It is this. I want the church to meet my needs. I want the church to be good for me. I want the church to give to me. I want to... No. <laughs> Discipline's a great word. Yeah. And the last point, I live under grace, not law. Um, man, just a, uh, a a true statement that we can really grasp and understand it, that we, we live under the grace, not the law. We live under the grace of the cross, the grace of what Christ has done for us, the grace upon grace that he gives us that scripture talks about. Well, in the way he starts verse 14, uh, I think, I think, 
I think we forget that. We look at like to look at the last, and even the points built off the last part of verse 14. Right. We want to focus on, hey, you're not under law, you're under grace. Okay, as a result of not being under law, under grace, what does the beginning of this verse say? Sin has no dominion over right. you. Right, right. Sin has no control over you. Because we're dead to sin. Yeah, exactly. So so let that encourage you. Uh, there, there are times, seriously, there are times in my own life where I have to sit there verbally and say, when met with a temptation, whoa, 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 hey, hey, you don't have control over me. You, you, you leave me alone. You get out of my mind. You get out of my heart. You get out of all. I mean, you have no control over me. Driving in Panama City is, uh, boy, I have to, I have to say that to myself while I drive in Panama City. It drives me crazy. So this has been a great episode. <laughs> it has. All right. Well, Pastor Stephen, thank you for your time again. And uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. Looking forward to what Romans has to say. And uh, again, thank you guys for listening. And we just encourage you to like and subscribe and all those things. And we'll see you. And next always, week. Always. Hey, always. Send those questions. Send right? the questions. Send the, we love the questions. To podcast at highlandpark.org. And that's podcast at H I L A N D P A R K.org. Peace out. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www.highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D-P-A-R-K dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.